Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the second hour of Ghost Chronicles Radio, Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper of the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own Van Helsink. Big yawn here. <laughs> wow. And joining me from the penthouse is the Bond Bombshell herself. And Carrigan. Oh my goodness, that's going to inspire people for this show. <laughs> <laughs> I know, huh? You're not here. Yeah, it's the second hour. Let me yawn for you, and uh, yeah, you put you all to sleep here. Oh, anyways, yeah. go get some more tea. Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, we I do want to mention, and I, I meant to mention in the last show, but uh, we're back. Ghost Chronicles Morning Edition has returned to the airways every yeah. Monday at 11 a.m. We did our first show since the uh, rebirth, and uh, Anne was on, actually. Yes, and, I was. Yeah, yeah. So you, you kicked it off for me, so there oh, you go. Oh, boy. <laughs> so t- tune in next week. We're going to talk about some of the – now, Lou, Lou is my producer since uh, the original WCCM I started with uh, years ago, and uh, he's still with me for 20 years. So wow. not not the full 20 years, but off and on. Anyway, anyways, we're back. Awesome. So That's Monday's at uh, 11 a.m. So there you go. And we definitely want to give a shout out to all our veterans out there who do yes. so much for us and get so little in return. Um, yeah. And so, uh, well, Russ, I, I, I saw Russ, Russ, our, our producer from uh, Ghost Chronicles Next Generation video show and uh, he had his little uniform on yes yeah, yeah. he is a army veteran yeah. yeah he was in uh korea for a number of years um he was in korea he was in um oh god now i can't remember the other place but anyways yes one of those places <laughs> one of those places it'll come back to me out of the clear blue sky i'll be like oh yes but anyways, we thank him for his service. Yeah, we absolutely thank everybody. do. Everybody, yes. Jan's brother, rest his soul, uh, was in the uh, U.S. Navy in uh, Vietnam. Uh, he was on an aircraft carrier, the, the Shangri-La, actually. The Shangri-La. So, yeah. So we. That's salute. a funny name for an aircraft carrier. I guess so. And <laughs> unfortunately, uh, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, I guess uh, I never. Uh, got into the armed service uh, when the Vietnam War was on. I was in college, and I did get my draft notice. Uh, yeah. Yet you remember we had a draft back then, mm-hmm. and I got my draft notice, so uh, I was going to be drafted. So I went into the uh, office, the recruiting office, to sign up. I figure I could pick my branch rather than uh, uh, you know just be stuck anywhere. And uh, when I went in, I talked to the recruiter there, and uh, I told him what was going on. And he says, what are you doing now? He says, you're in college? He says, 
you, you shouldn't be drafted. So oh. he helped me fill out this thing. I popped it out and sent it to it. And uh, then I got my notice in and it came in canceled. So oh. uh, wow. that was it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we had a, a college deferment at the time. And, uh, yeah, I would have gone, but uh, unfortunately, uh, it went that route. So there you go. I, in a way, uh, for those who know me, know, know that I'm a big military uh, buff. I, I love military. In fact, God forbid if anything ever happens and people look at my accounts online and see all uh, the information I have on on <laughs> and and uh, Nazis and uh, you name uh, it. It's mm. all military stuff on there, and uh, mm-hmm. it's a uh, thing. The the weird thing too is like my absolutely favorite generals, uh, like the, the losers. I mean, you know, Earl Rommel from the Nazis and uh, uh, Stonewall Jack. I mean, Robert E. Lee from the Confederates. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> my two favorite generals, and so mm-hmm. oh well, is what it is. Mm-hmm. I must well. have a life in my past life that's all i can say yeah <laughs> right so why are the losers your favorite generals right? you know what i know because if anybody knows me you know that one thing i am not is a follower is uh so I, i'm always for the underdog i'm always for the the uh the people that go against the the grain and uh mm-hmm. so that only actually makes sense and plus they were just fantastic generals actually they were absolutely mm-hmm. Uh, one of the, the, the coolest thing is, uh, during the, uh, first Gulf War, uh, the, I believe, I can't remember that the, the, uh, Ahmed unit, whatever Ahmed unit was, I can't think of it. Uh, was it first Kelly? No, it wasn't first Kelly. Um, anyways, the Ahmed Not Corps, me. they went against the, the, uh, Iraqis, uh, uh, best, the Red mm-hmm. Brigade or whatever the hell it was mm-hmm. and uh, absolutely destroyed them. And uh, they took tons of prisoners. So they had a bunch of the prisoners, and they were uh, taking them prisoner, of course. And so they would load them in the back of a Bradley, and uh, they opened it up, and they let them inside. And there inside the Bradley was a picture of uh, General Erwin Rommel on the uh-huh. the wall. And so the Iraqi says to the, uh, the American, he says, why do you have your enemy on the wall? And uh, the American says, well, see, we study him. If you had studied him, too, you wouldn't be in the sitting in the back of my bread. <laughs> Funny. Anyway, wow. so we are going to talk about haunted uh, military history. Is, I assume that's what we are doing today. I hope so. I hope so. That's what I got lined up over here. I don't know. Right. So you want to start? Oh, no, you start. Really? Yeah. Sure. I'm have to. Yeah. I chose the haunted battlefields. Okay. Because there are so many. We all know about Gettysburg, right? Mm, absolutely. Yeah, so I much. mean, that's yeah, a lot about it. So these are some of the ones from not just in the United States, but around the world. And I'm going to start with, oh boy, Cullen Alden Moore in Britain is Scotland, which oh. I'm, I screwed up totally. Okay. <laughs> Cullen, C-U-L-L-O-D-E-N, Cullen Moore in Vertinus, Scotland. So, which Stephen Scotland, I need him. Anyways, the last battle fought on soil of Britain took place at Cullen Moore with 
when the redcoats of the British Army destroyed the troops of the Jacobite Rebellion under Charles Stuart, known as uh, known in history as Bonnie Prince Charlie, in the battle which lasted less than an hour, the Jacobite <laughs> the Jacobite Army was cut into pieces by an artillery bombardment. The survivors. Uh, charged the British line, hoping to cut through the Red Croats using their using their claymores. But the bayonets of the British troops proved too much for the Highlanders to overcome. And the su- survivors withdrew from the battlefield. They were followed by the British and were killed. They killed everyone they could find. Uh, yeah. Charles Stewart escaped the slaughter. And for the next five months, he moved about the Herbrides, Hebrides, H-E-B-R-I-D-E, Hebrides, Hybrides, Hebrides, eluding the pursuit of the government while remaining uh, leaders of the Jacobite were rounded up and jailed, waiting treason. Charles eventually escaped to France, where he remained in exile, never to return to Scotland. Nearly all who were tried were sentenced to death, with the sentence commuted if they, uh, if the convicted agree to uh, de- deportation to the English colonies. For many of the uh, des- descendants fought the British again in the American Revolution. In other words, they were sent to the United States, which was the colony at that time. Mm. Ended up fighting again against wow. them. So- we had so many so The Battle of Cullen Moor was fought on April 16, 1746. On its anniversary each year, it is said that the moor is haunted by the spirits of the men who died there. The sounds of the battle of steel clashing against steel, the cries of pain, the cries of fear are all said to be heard. The sounds of men running for their lives are also reported. Ugh. Most of the Jacobite men who died in the battle were buried as they laid, and the mound along the moor is said to be their last resting place. Mm. An apparition of a tall Highlander garb man is reported roaming around the burial mounds. Burial mounds. Hang on. Got to move the mounds. All right. Locals claim that whenever birds are in the area of the battlefield, they do not sing. Mm. They have also reported spectacle images moving about the grave mounds, as well as some of the men on the ground, as if they had just fallen. In other words, they they see apparitions of men falling on the ground. The sounds of soldiers on march on the road leading to the battlefield has also been reported by nearby uh, villagers. Stories of ghosts of Cullen and Moore are frequently found in British newspapers and magazines, and paranormal investigators have claimed to sense the presence of the dead soldiers while visiting the Moors. You know, there's something that would, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) It's also a cottage tourist industry, with several businesses scheduling tours of the haunted areas in Inverness. These include not just the Moor, but the neighboring wells, Oh, neighboring wells resorted. What? But <laughs> what? These include not just the moor itself, but the neighboring wells resorted, resorted to be by 
fleeing Jacobites. Ah. Nearby houses and structures where some attempted vainly to hide from the pursuing British in other locations, such as Loch Ness, the famous for its uh-huh. uh, sheltering another supernatural creature. It's <laughs> and it's by car. So there you go. That's uh, right. Hey. What we'll the Steven Scott about these? Yeah, they jumped in the uh, jumped in the lake with uh, Nessie. Yeah, that's there right. Have you ever resorted to by fleeing neighboring wells? So they jumped in the well, I guess. That's a weird sentence. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. I didn't write. It's oddly arranged. I yes. believe. It's very strange. So there you go. This is my first one. All right. Covington Moore. So I have a new son-in-law, as some of you may know, some don't, whatever. I'm very excited because my daughter just got married a couple months ago. So I have a new son-in-law, Kyle. Well, he's in the Army National Guard. And uh, I was talking to him tonight and said, uh, so have you ever had any ghostly experiences when you're away on your drills? Because, you know, they do the once-a-month thing. Yeah. Um, and actually, he's going to be deployed later this year. That's all I can say about it. Um, first deployment. So, of course, because he just got married. But anyways, um, I said, have you ever had any weird experiences when you're out, you know, wherever it is they send you? Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, yeah. He said, uh, you know, it's down in Louisiana for a month because every summer they go away for a whole month. And uh he said, I'd been up for about 28 hours and <laughs> went out to use the, you know, facilities. And he said, I had like night vision goggles on. And uh, he, he said, I'm out there. And I kind of look over to my left and there's this thing. And I know they're night vision, but he's like, it was just so strange. It was, it looked like a goblin. He's, I don't know how else to describe it. And, uh, he says, you know, it's got like two big eyes and he's like, like, it's got this, these arms, like it's, and it says, it's like, he's, it was like, it was running, but like almost like a cartoon, like when they're running in place, you know? And he's I'm like, what the hell? What is that? And he, I said, I flipped the goggles up and, you know, I look and he's like, all I can see is bushes, you know? Mm-hmm. So flip them back down and it's there again. It's like, I got out my flashlight, I flip them up, I'm looking everywhere around, I don't see anything, and then I put them back down, and he said, and then it was gone. Mm. And he's like, it's the strangest thing that I've ever had happen to me. But uh, they were down in the bayou, you know, so who who only knows what's going on down there, but, so that was just a, li- a little interesting sideline. You know, it's funny you mentioned that, because... Uh... The uh, Portsmouth Harbor Lighthouse is on a Coast Guard base, and the Coast Guard base uh, often see a woman in uh, standing on the fort wall or, or the the, uh, the wall to the ocean there, and mm-hmm. they'll see her on the monitors, and yet when they look out the windows and everything, they can't see it. They only show up in the IR monitors. Oh, that's interesting. She, yeah. yeah, it is, right? A little night vision thing. And he said, you know, could I, yes, you know, I had been up all that time maybe i was just seeing things but he said that was very strange that i should see it you know through the night vision but not with my own eyes you know Mm -hmm. 
But uh, yeah, so it was an interesting little side story I got. But I do have another story. Okay. So uh, I have Fort Leavenworths, dozens of haunted houses, um, widely considered the most paranormally active site in the U.S. Army. Leavenworth has upward of 36 haunted buildings. One guardhouse, Tower 8, of the old disciplinary barracks was torn down in 2004. Uh, still stands, one guardhouse of all these barracks. A soldier who committed suicide with his service shotgun ew, inside yeah. Tower 8 will sometimes call the guard control room, maybe for an aspirin, I don't know, uh, after a prisoner uprising during World War II, guards executed one of 14 prisoners every hour, but Oof. ran out. Of, oh, I know. This is horrible. But ran out of room on the gallows. So sometimes they use the elevator shaft in the administration building as an extension. Oh, <laughs> this, is, this is awful. Now soldiers report hearing screams from the elevator when no one else is around. Uh as novel as the idea of a centuries-old haunted and abandoned prison might be for ghosts, the most haunted area is called the Rookery. The building was once the base commander's quarters, but was turned into family housing, and people still live Makes there. Makes sense to me. Yeah, all right. Uh, the Rookery is said to house a number of ghosts. The Lady in White, because they always have to have a color, right, uh, was supposedly tortured and killed by local tribes while the soldiers were off post. She screams and chases people she sees in the night. Also in the rookery are Major Edmund Ogden, who is presumably in command of all the ghosts in the building. <laughs> and, they have a yeah, right? They have a commander. They have a ghost in chief, I guess. Uh, and he died in 1855. Uh, there's also a young girl named Rose her nanny, and a young man called Robert. Rose whistles around the house while Ogden just seems to walk around all day in spurred boots. Uh, it is said that Major Ogden once asked a team of ghost hunters to leave his house. We've never had that happen before. Do you want us to stay? No. Do you want us to leave? Yes. <laughs> So that's that's my story about uh, about Leavenworth, and uh, apparently there's a, a military prison cemetery there as well. Oh, cool! So, uh, that's that's, I guess uh, it was established in 1884 for inmates who died or were executed. Sounds like they executed a lot of people. Uh, they had no next of kin, or the next of kin refused the remains. And they have their remains, the graves of 14 German prisoners of war who were hanged in 1945 for crimes committed while POWs. No family members really? are buried here. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, usually they well, were pretty, pretty good. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's my story. I'm sticking to it. So there. there you go. Oof. So I'd like to talk about another battlefield, which we don't think about. It's Savannah, Georgia. Ah. Savannah is often called the most haunted city in America by those who claim to be expertise in such things. Mm, interesting. Savannah is the site of the second bloodiest siege of the American Revolution and one of the least studied. One of my people, the Polish nobleman Kazimierz Pulaski, 
uh, oh. was among its casualty, and his spirit is one of the many that is believed uh, to haunt the famous square of the city. Revolutionary War hero and Rhode Island Quaker Nathan Green, you know Nathan Green and the Green Mountain Boys, oh. died and was buried in Savannah following the war. His spirit as well, and the that of his son, has been encountered by people approaching the monument erected in his memory. After his first, after his first uh, grave was vandalized during the Civil War, mm-hmm. uh-huh. the British occupied Savannah early in the war, 1779. A joint French and American force attacked the city from the west, hoping to capture it quickly. Through uh, though the assault was rather, uh, you know, rather than it was didn't work out that way. Let's put it that way. When the first assault failed, the American uh, French forces laid siege to the city beginning in mid-September. By October, the supporting French fleet was running low on supplies and the beginning signs of scurry, that ain't too good, among mm-hmm. some of the crew. In October 16th, wanting to end the siege quickly as possible, French and American ground forces assaulted the British works and were repulsed. Changing the page here. There were heavy losses among the French and Americans, including Pulaski and an American sergeant named William Jasper. Years later, a statue uh, memorializing William Jasper, who was the hero of the defense of Charlestown early in the war, was erected in Savannah's Madison Square. Local law says the ghost of William Jasper has been seen many times in his Revolutionary War uniform moving about Madison Square in preparation to face the British troops. Other reports of apparitions, apparently British, in the area of the square have been talked about as, uh, for decades in, in Savannah as well. When uh, Kashmir Pulaski died... Speaking about that, we have a monument for Pulaski and Drake, believe it or not. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Why? What's that? Why? A big population of Poles and Drake. Oh, uh, okay. Kashmir Pulaski died, and he was uh, hastily buried as uh, the French and American armies abandoned their siege and withdrew. His grave site was unknown for many years, although a statue was erected in his memory in Monterey Square. In 1996, a statue was renovated, and in the process, they discovered it contained a box which held his skeletal remains. Oh. Through DNA testing, it was inconclusive. The bones bore no marks consistent to Pulaski's wounds, so it might not have been him. Uh, to many locals, their presence explains the, the paranormal activity that has occurred in the square over the years. Nathan uh, Green and his son were interred side by side in Colonial Park. Their grave locations were later lost. A monument to Green's memory was erected in Johnson Square in 1825. In early 1900s, the graves of Green and his son were discovered and their remains were removed to Johnson Square. According to many of the citizens of Savannah, Green's ghost has frequently appeared uh, when the spot at which he was interned, oh, back at the spot where he was interned, presumably because he disturbed his uh, resting area. Oh, okay. Mm, So that's my little story on Savannah. 
All right. Oh, that's different. Hmm, I don't know. Yeah, we'll probably have time for this next one. Before How much time do we have? Break. Couple minutes. Okay, yeah. Uh, a few minutes. Okay. So I have uh maybe a minute. It's blank min. <laughs> I don't know. Roy Roy's giving us cryptic messages. <laughs> and it's been that way all night. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> uh, we got a min. <clears throat> Two minutes. Two minutes. Okay. Two minutes. I get this. All right. So all right. this is Guantanamo Bay's Eternal Officers Club. The Bayview Complex at Gitmo was originally built in 1943 as the Base Officers Club. Now there are four spirits who are there for eternity to occupy the upstairs terrace room. A woman in white is an old woman with long hair and a long white dress. She sits in a chair and looks out into the parking lot. She also switches lights on and off when no one is in the club. It is said the woman lived in an apartment in the club until she was found dead in a bathtub there. Okay. The wives of base commanders have also reported a man in khakis walking from the living room of the CO's residence to the bathroom. Hmm. In 2007, Paula Leary, who was in the house at the time, said she believed the ghost just wanted to know there was someone else in the house. The area where the house stands with the site of marine camps from 1901 until 1920. So it may not just be any cocky chief walking around, but a salty old marine. <laughs> so that's the ghosts of Guantanamo Bay. There, I fit it all in. There you go. You did. You yeah, still did. probably have a minute Cookie. left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway. Um, well, this uh, this Go is ahead. a different Veterans Day because usually, traditionally on Veterans Day, I am working, there's a, there's a parade, you know, I work at a TV studio, so we cover the, the local parade and we cover the ceremonies and it was just so strange this year because, you know, you had all these, you didn't have a parade and people couldn't come to the ceremony on the common and you know, it's just, uh, it's, and it's weird. We always collaborate with our three area Bridgewaters because it's a Tri-Town Parade. And, uh, oh, nope, there's our not tunes. this year. Oh, there's, there's our, our tunes. tunes. We, we got to go. You're listening to but Ghost anyways. Chronicles, Next Generation with Anna and Ron. We'll be right back after the following messages right here on Tojanet. Par- well, not Do you have a paranormal <laughs> event, book, or something else you want people to know about? Then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads a month, get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678. Hello, hello, can you hear me? My name is Harry Price. I am speaking to you via the medium of the ghost box. Many of you will know I carried out the first live radio broadcast from Haunted House way back in 1936 for the BBC. Now, thanks to the wonders of modern technology, I am still able to keep abreast of 21st century ghost hunting by listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Togginet, Para-X Radio, The Ghost Channel, and even on something called a podcast. Two splendid chaps host it. One is an American who calls himself New England's own Van Helsing although I have discovered his real name is Ron Kolek. 
The other is Stephen Parsons, and he's a paranormal scientist. Well, Mustache, I'm required elsewhere on something called a K2. But don't forget, I'll be listening in every Tuesday from 8 o'clock in Great Britain and 3 o'clock on the American Eastern Seaboard. I trust you will join me there. Welcome back to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. And Ron and Ann are honoring, are we honor, we're honoring our veterans because it is Veterans Day. Well, we're remembering them anyways. We're remembering them. Uh, and some of them are in ghostly form. We're remembering them as. So we're just talking about haunted military places. So I, before we do get into more, and I'm going to talk about another battlefield in a minute, mm-hmm. is that I want to talk about one of my pet peeves, which is the wanton destruction, the stealing of the medallions of the veterans of graves. And I oh, think that's yeah. the most horrendous thing in the world. Yep. And, and uh, I, I, I can't – I mean, there should be major penalties for, uh, for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they want, they want the medal. Yeah. You know, they're made out of uh, usually well, they used to be bronze, brass. Right? brass. Yeah, bronze. That's it, bronze. Yeah, bronze. Um, yeah. And I see them, I see them a lot in my cemetery travels. And there's some really beautiful ones. And it's like they have you know big wings. It's like an eagle. Um, and I mean, there's just, just so many different varieties. Um, but yeah, and and I mean they've just started to replace them just with plastic. But it is no. it is really heinous that people take those things off yeah. of people's graves. Uh, just awful. Yeah, and you know when you've gone with me to cemeteries, that mm-hmm. the other thing which I always do if I see an American flag on the ground, mm-hmm. I will replant it. Yep. Uh, because I too many people died for that, and you know yeah. I. Don't believe in the disrespect of it, yeah. especially in the cemetery. That's right. Yeah, I know. And I mean, a lot Those of Those flags are for veterans, by the way, that are right. in the cemetery. Yeah. Right. Right. I, I see them all the time. Now, I'll, I mean, I will do the same thing if I go in. A lot of the, the flag holders are just sometimes they just they're, they're broken and they can't yeah. hold the flag right. So they I'll got a half ass stuck in there and, you know, they're all falling over. So. But, yeah, I'll plant them in the ground if they if they yeah, they, yeah I don't, not a problem but yeah yeah but, but on happens. a side side note make sure you wear your mask and guitar by the way oh yeah because if you're caught in public without wearing a mask because of the virus mm-hmm. then you face fifty thousand dollar fine and oh, up to three crap. three years in jail in guitar yep all right. $50,000 up to three years in jail. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. I mean business. Wear that <laughs> mask. Anyway. <laughs> wow. Hey, I wear it. I wear it. I have so many masks now. It's, it's, I must have, I don't even know, at yeah. least a dozen. At least. I just keep collecting them. 
Okay, right. so move, What's your next? Move, moving on, I'm going to bring you to the Chibakarai Cave oh, in Okinawa, Japan. Ah, okay. During the invasion of Okinawa, the Japanese fought from an extensive series of prepared underground bunkers and interconnecting caves, which forced the Americans to flush them out one by one in heavy fighting. The United States Navy, Marines, U.S. Army invaded the island on April 1st, 1945. The battle raged for 70, I mean, 82 days before the island was declared secured. In fact, I think they found some guy living in a cave like 100 mm -hmm. years later. Well, someplace anyways. Maybe not 100. Cal no, not 100. <laughs> uh, but I remember that it wasn't too long ago. It was in uh, the 1900s probably. I mean, you know, 1990s. Anyways, total casualty, including civilians of Okinawa, exceeded 160,000 before the battle ended. Wow. Many of these were suicides by civilians. One, not to allow themselves to fall into the hands of the Americans. Those freaking bastard Americans. <laughs> Anyways, while the uh, Marines and Army battered the uh, Japanese across the island, Japanese kamikaze planes attacked the supporting U.S. fleet in waves, causing heavy damage to some of the ships and heavy casualties among some of the crew. Small boats were configured as uh, suicide attack boats and were sent out against the American fleet. The Japanese... Uh, forced young Okinawan boys and old men into, into Japanese uniform and uh, frontline service, leading oh. to their deaths at the hands of Americans. The Japanese also forced civilians to, into several caves, providing them with hand grenades and poison gas uh, to use for mass suicide. Oh, God. Japanese resistance began to crumble. The battle was winding down. One such cave the U.S. Uh, encountered. Uh, when the Americans arrived, one of the civilians in the caves helped to maintain calm among the civilians who were prepared to carry out the orders that they were given for mass suicide. A former employee of American sugarcane grower in Hawaii told the occupants that they not, would not be harmed by the Americans. The civilians in the cave uh, Shimiku Guna uh, survived the battle and were unharmed and soon helped American troops. Wow. In another cave in Chiribamagama, <laughs> the Japanese. <laughs> you can look these up in your Funko Wagnall if you're not okay. sure. Okay. Uh -huh. uh, included a veteran of the war in China. And he insisted that the uh, civilians resist the Americans with whatever they had and to follow orders to commit suicide rather than to submit to capture. The civilians followed this order, some fighting with bamboo sticks and grenades while others administering poison to their children before oh. taking their own lives. Oh. 84 m civilians uh, in the cave died, most of them by suicide as the Americans uh, subdued the, the remainder. Other Okinawans uh, committed suicide across the island, convinced the Japanese of the bestial behavior of the Americans. Mm. Today, the Jimagama is reported to be haunted with the sounds of children screaming, the oh. sobbing and cries of fear and pain reported by many who have visited the cave. Others have reported being 
instantly overwhelmed with the feeling of fear or complete despair upon entering the cave. A memorial was erected outside the cave to honor those who died, but was destroyed in 1987 by Japanese nationalists who found it to be insulting to the emperor. Mm. The victims of the Chiribamagama were not combatants, but civilians caught on the battlefield. That's and casualties of wars, as some believe, still haunt the place to their death. Oh. Wow. That was a cheerful one. That was cheerful. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. All righty. Okay. Well, I have, whoops. Oh, I just lost, hold on. I just lost my story. There it is. So my story is from the West Point Military Academy in New York. Oh, cool. And that's a pretty cool place. I've driven by it on the, uh, had a couple motorcycle trips down there. Yeah. And never had time to actually stop and go in, but it's it's pretty big. So uh, with reports of a ghostly cavalry still reporting for duty, the Academy often pops up on most haunted lists. Hmm. In 2017, the Thrillist named West Point the most haunted place in New York. A particular interest is room 4714, where an opalescent figure is said to drift in and out of stone walls terrifying first-year plebes as they settle into their new sleeping quarters. Oh, lovely. That's that's your hazing, yeah. Mm. Perhaps, not so coincidentally, Sleepy Hollow and Westport are a mere 42-minute drive apart. Maybe that's also part of the reason Ed and Lorraine Warren, the famed ghost hunters whose stories inspired films Annabelle, The Conjuring, and the Amityville Horror, also (coughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lectured at the Academy in the 1970s. There you go. That's just a short little story. Oh, that's a good one. But yeah, West Point. Who knew? To go down there and get some good stories. All right. <laughs> if you go into New York, we'll do my next one, and we'll bring that right in. All right. Fort William Henry. Fort William in New York. Fort William Henry was built in the uh, during the early French and Amer- French and Indian War, serving for a time as an advanced post on the New York frontier, guarding the approaches of by water between the French fortress of Carillon, later Fort Ticonderoga, and Albany. When, when you, I've been to Fort Ticonderoga. It's a cool place. Mm-hmm. Also haunted. Uh, yeah. William Henry served as a base of operations for the British. Ranging Company uh, informed Ranging Companies formed from colonial troops early in the war. In other words, they were uh, colonials. Uh, and was critical defense point against the Indian raids uh, striking south from Canada. The uh, French and the Indians fought together against the uh, British and the colonials. In uh, 1757, a French-Canadian force was uh, with supporting Indian raids, attacked the fort and placed it under siege. The French were led by General Louise Montcalm. 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 Is that French? Uh, fort William withstood the siege for a time, believing a relief force was on its way from uh, Fort Edward, which is close. When it was evident that no relief would be coming, the commander, British Major George Monroe accepted the generous surrender 
uh, with uh, honor terms from Montcalm, which allowed the, his troops to abandon their positions but retain their arms and color with the promise that they could uh, no longer engage the French until um, they were properly exchanged. In other words, they used to exchange troops. Uh, the British garrison abandoned the post and began to march to Fort Edward under the protection of French God. You probably get a think this is familiar when you start listening to it. Despite the presence of the guards, the Indian allies of the French attacked the column in the open, determined to attain scalps, scalps. Mm. and uh, military acclaimed, uh, anyways, and also military acclaimed before the battle came in. And the event was described as the massacre of Fort William Henry. It was later dramatized years later by James Finmere Cooper in the novel The Last of the the Mohicans. Yes. The Indians looted the fort, killing the prisoners left behind under the care of French surgeons, dug up graves in the fort cemetery, and scalped the dead. About 200 British and Americans were killed outright by the Indians who also expose themselves to smallpox oh, <laughs> from, <God>. sl- <laughs> from the slotted prisoners and infected blankets. Right. So they killed themselves as well. Oh, well. God. Yeah. Before, I like- before the end of the year, the fort surrendered on August 8th. The British and American raids of retaliation were being launched against Indian village and smallpox-ravaged tribes. The French destroyed the fort and withdrew to Carillion for the winter. The site remains abandoned for almost two centuries, although there were discussion of the place being haunted early, uh, early as 1812, the War of 1812, when American troops were encamped on the site. Hmm. Tourist industry, yeah, of course, and interest in the site <laughs> began reconstruction of the fort in the 1950s, and since its opening, have conducted ghost tours. Of course. There are reports today of ghostly sightings in the vicinity of the fort on Rogers Island nearby uh, Rogers Ranges. That's from Methuen. You probably know them. And no. Oh, okay. No, and, I don't. Uh, several nearby dwellings uh, that were reconstructed farms. Many of these stories have begun around the time that James Fermer Cooper was writing his many stories and novels, and uh, some descended from the Mohawk and other. Indian oral history. Paranormal enthusiasts or those merely seeking entertainment have offered ghost tours covering the area's site, which have been reported haunted for over two and a half centuries. Mm. Wow. That's a long time. This always intrigued me, and and I I know my answer. If you were to get a report of a haunting from Mm -hmm. a regular person or a paranormal investigator, who would you believe first? The regular person. Thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, there's nothing like a first-hand account, you know? Yep, no interest in it. Yeah, I mean, uh, no no offense, I mean, we're paranormal investigators, but, you know, people just kind of take whatever they're told and run with it mm -hmm. and make a big deal out of it. It might not even be true. I mean, I'd rather talk to somebody who directly experienced something. I would too. Someone who, yeah. who's just a civilian and is not interested yeah. in anything, but other than. Yeah. Yeah. You know, oh, I had, experience. Oh, hey, this, 
yeah, hey, this weird thing happened to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, my husband had a total paranormal experience happen to him, you know, years ago when he was working somewhere. And I mean, that spurred us to investigate the location right. because of all people, you know, my husband is Mr. Denier. <laughs> no, that didn't really happen. Yeah, it did. You just told me about it. Mm-hmm. You know, it happened to you. What? It, why are you trying to make an excuse for it? And yeah, so absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, tell I agree with more. you on that. Usually, tell me more. <laughs> just people doing regular stuff. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, yeah, just in the course of your day. Yeah, yeah. Well, like I so, said, that uh, I have seen three, what I believe is three full-body apparitions and uh, operations, uh, apparitions. Apparitions. Yeah, and. None of them were were, were investigating, only just doing regular stuff. Right. So. It happens when you're not looking for it. Exactly. Exactly. So what you got for me, kid? So I got one in Louisiana, speaking of my son-in-law's experience Mm -hmm. in Louisiana. So this, this, maybe this is, I don't know where he was down there, but maybe he was near here. So, well, this is actually an Air Force base. He's Army. but So Barksdale... Air Force Base in Louisiana. When a state boasts tales of voodoo, spooky hotels, and ghost roads, it's small wonder that when hospital and cemetery space is repurposed in Louisiana, the dead don't get the message. (laughs) Military military members whose office space just happens to be along Davis Avenue, coincidentally the site of the former base hospital, have reported doors slamming shut footsteps running down hallways, and objects thrown across the room. Even the base exchange and commissary are haunted here, as both locations were built upon the former home of the Stonewall Cemetery. Nice. As if the base hauntings weren't scary enough, the nearby cities of Shreveport and Bossier City are a hotbed of spookiness, including an eerie creek called Greenlight Bridge, uh, a creek crossing called Greenlight Bridge, yeah. where unexplained green lights hover around the small country bridge. Those who live near the, near the area know green means go, and if you ever see the lights, run. <laughs> <laughs> that's cute. So that's my cookie story there. Mm-hmm. You got anything else for us? Or good? Uh, sure. If you want, if you have another one, you can go. Uh, let's see. Mine are uh, long. Yours is short. Let's see. This one's a little bit longer. That's okay. Uh, Fort McNair in Washington, D.C. Oh, fits well, right in with mine. Ah, perfect. We're on, we're on a roll, roll here. Fort McNair in Washington, D.C. Following the assassination of Abraham Lincoln in April of 1865, the arms of justice moved swiftly. After a 12-day manhunt, John Wilkes Booth was shot and killed by police, while his co-conspirators were quickly apprehended and imprisoned in the Washington arsenal awaiting trial. Four would be sentenced to death by hanging, two others given life sentences. One of the guilty sentenced to die included, included Mary Surratt, the proprietress of the building how excuse me, the boarding house where Booth and his associates developed the assassination plot. Although Surratt adamantly maintained her innocence, she was found guilty and became the first woman executed by the U.S. federal government, 
with President Andrew Johnson himself signing the orders for execution. The guilty watched from their jail cell windows as their own gallows were constructed in front of them in the south part of the Washington Arsenal Courtyard. The Washington Arsenal is now none other than Fort McNair, where it is said an angry, restless spirit roams the grounds, shrouded in a dark bonnet and long black dress, melting snow in a path as if still retracing the steps to her gallows. Oh, wow. Uh Uh-huh. So... That's the, might as well call her the, another lady in black, right? Sure, why not? <laughs> black, white, green, whatever. Yeah, it? whatever works. Yeah. The, uh, you know, I remember during the, um, the first uh, Gulf War, I actually received a, an email for one of our troops stationed over there mm-hmm. and uh, talked about uh, how he had his own paranormal experience with something that was haunting him, his tent. Oh, what? Yeah. Uh, he didn't know what to describe it. It sounded like it was some type of uh, a, a demon or a gin, and mm-hmm. uh, it was uh, scaring the crap out of him. And you mm-hmm. know, this is a regular soldier's a grunt who actually mm-hmm. was more than a grunt. Uh, and he wanted advice. Of course, I gave him. Uh, it was pretty hard because I was over here, but I, right. I suggested uh, the uh, St. Michael's prayer to it, and uh, he uh, thanked for me, thanked me for it, and uh, said he never had any problems after that. So maybe that did work. So huh. hope so. But, yeah. Anyway, yeah. So it, it happens all the time. It happens to our boys nowadays. Uh, in my f- book, Ghost Today, there's a story of uh, from the Afghani War, mm-hmm. and. Uh, reported from ghosts and uh, she said I could grab it if you had need to, to talk about but anyways let me swing around to this Cole <laughs> Harbor in Me- Mechanicsville Virginia which is right outside of Washington in the summer of 1864 that was just before the, uh, the assassination think, the assassination yeah a year before or something mm-hmm. following the Battle of Wilderness the Union Army under George Meade accompanied by the commander of all the United States armies, USSS Grant, encountered the Army of Northern Virginia in a bloody crash. Following the battle, the Union troops would slip around the Confederate right and continue their drive towards Richmond, while Lee would hurry his increasingly weak weak force to the next defensive position. By July, the two armies faced each other at Cole Harbor near Richmond. Over 100,000 Union troops were opposed by 60,000 Confederates. Mm. Uh, Though the battle lasted nearly two weeks, the worst fighting occurred on June 3, 1864, when the Union Army assaulted the entrenched Confederates. Approximately 7,000 Union casualties were sustained in the attack uh, that morning, which Grant ordered broken off shortly before noon. Men uh, trapped under the fire between the lines used their bayonets and drinking cups to create temporary breastworks. So they built their own little defenses. Oh, mm-hmm. my oh sugar. It's a sensitive tonight. I'm trying to scroll down. I'm having a little problem. Oh. Because I, I put them on a disc. Uh, after several days of fighting, facing each other, Grant dispatched some of his troops to the Shenandoah Valley 
uh, and then yet again slipped around uh, Lee's flank to threaten Petersburg. The Army of Northern Virginia withdrew to the entrenchments around Petersburg and Richmond. Most of the dead on the fields of Cold Harbor were hastily buried, buried in shallow graves. Ever since the battle, there have been reports of strange sightings and activities on or near the battlefield. Ghosts of men that which fought for both sides have been reported, as well as the sounds of gunfire and thundering uh, horse hoofs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Several groups of visitors have reported a sudden thick fog emerging over the battlefield in conditions in which fog would normally be possible. One group visited with the intent of photographing uh, reported apparitions only to be forced to withdraw by the sudden dense fog, which appeared uh, be as thick as smoke more than a mist. There have been reports from visitors that uh, they hear uh, locals, by the way, uh, of hearing cannon fire into feeling the concussion of the guns. One visitor, um, one visitor to the spot where Colonel Tompkins was shot in the head felt a sudden stabbing pain in his own temple. Mm. Oh, so he was empathic, I guess, in a, mm. in a way, right? Yeah. Nearby yeah. Gothright House was used as a field hospital. The family living there was forced to shelter in its cellar while surgeons worked above him. The house today has been reported to be haunted by the ghost of a young girl who may have been part of the displaced family. The same spirit has been reported wandering around the graves of Cold Harbor, which was built in 1866, uh, when uh, many of the hastily buried bottles were dug up and reinterred. Re Cold Harbor is one of the many uh, purportedly haunted sites that were left along uh, Grant's bloody trail into Virginia. So, so I guess we're right on our time, huh? I guess we are, yes. It's pizza time. Pizza from the dead time. Whew. Avon or whatever. Fast. Avon right. calling. <laughs> so, uh, well, we want to once again thank all. We salute. Uh, did you ever see, uh, what's that one? Uh, Hee-haw? Hee-haw, yeah. You ever watch Hee-haw? Yeah. Yeah, way back in the day. Do you remember the cornfield? Was that right? little kid? Yeah. Remember the cornfield? They would all get up and they'd say something. And yeah. we salute uh, salute uh, something or other, right? So uh, I guess we're so. going to salute now. So I'm going to say, Sa right? One, two. You've got to say salute. Ready? Okay. One, two, three. Salute, no. veterans. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, we want to thank you all for listening. And uh, remember, become a patron of the show. If you like the show, go to the Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And look up uh, Ghost Chronicles Radio and uh, become a patron and get exclusive material. Uh, Lou and I are working on a, a new one. We're going to talk about early Ghost Chronicles. And so uh, that'll be up uh, next week. So awesome. anyway, so we want to thank everyone for listening. All right. Thanks, everybody. And uh, thank you to our veterans. And everybody have a great night. Yep. Good night. And God bless and stay safe. Good night. We a mask. Yes.
From goalies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord. (laughs) 